This is the You Need to Know podcast, putting the spotlight on black businesses you need to know that are serving our community. Now, here's your host, Tommy B. Hey, thanks for stopping by the You Need to Know podcast. I've been talking to legends in the music industry about the wisdom they've gained over the years and the things they'd like to share to current and future generations interested in music. Today's interview is with the legendary William Puji Hart, lead singer, composer, writer, and producer of the incredible legendary trio, the Delphonics. Enjoy. Hey, if, if, if you haven't heard the music of the Delphonics, you had to either be born yesterday or or you're not from the planet. That's all I have to say. <laughs> and, and, and these songs defined the late 60s, 70s and really beyond. And they continue to have impact. Um, just 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 let me give you a sample. Let me give you all a sample. Now I don't wear a thigh. <laughs> but it is, man. And and the music is so much a part of pop culture. Even even like in movies, Quentin Tarantino's Jackie Brown with Pam Greer, video games, Grand Theft Auto and beyond. Uh, not only have the originals stood the test of time, they've been covered and sampled by the Jacksons, uh, David and Jimmy Ruffin, Aretha Franklin, New Kids on the Block, Silk in the 90s, the Fugees with Lauren Hill, Prince, Woo Patti Dang LaBelle, Wu Tang Clan, uh, Missy Elliott, Killing the River, <laughs> Tiana. I'm telling you, man, I love them guys. Yeah, I tell you, Tiana Taylor, and 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 the other thing, and this is this wasn't amazing to me because of of growing up on the music, but Earth, Wind, and Fire, and Jackson, the Jackson Five, yes. actually opened up for y'all. So um, yes, they did. Uh, Philadelphia. How about that? That's something to think about. But they became big and famous. <laughs> Philadelphia is definitely in the house. It is. It absolutely is. And uh, Philadelphia, born and raised, still touring, uh, Grammy Award winner, singer, composer, entertainer. I am honored to have on the You Need to Know podcast, Mr. William Hart. Mr. Hart, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much. Oh, 
Oh, man, it's my great honor to be on your show, and thank you for having me. Man, I thank you. And and let me ask you, you know, I got to ask because, you know, my the podcast uh, covers a, a pretty big range of, of ages. Who gave you the name Poogie? That's what I want to know. <laughs> how did I get the name Poogie? You, yeah, Poogie. How would you get that name? Oh, uh, you know, when you're a little guy, right? <laughs> and, they, and they stick a name on you and it sticks for you the rest of your life. <laughs> and they just couldn't shake it. Just couldn't shake and, it. But, uh, you know, it's cool. Here comes Poogie. Here comes Poogie. <laughs> All right. And, uh, you know, I always was writing songs or trying to put something together. Or a guy, uh, I just couldn't stand to see the guy standing around doing nothing. So I said, let's make up a group. I found, I must have had about six different groups. Mm-hmm. And um, I was determined uh, not to be going in and out of these little uh, uh, clubs and things to make myself. I was determined to go directly. <laughs> I don't know what made me think like this. I was a young guy. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to go directly to the, to the record company. Mm, okay. Street, because I felt as though I had an unusual voice. You should have heard me when I was like about, let's see, 12 or 13. You should have heard me. I really wish I had it recorded. Oh my God. And sometimes when I, th- and I don't, uh, and I don't um, pat myself on the back, but it, it was like strange. It was kind of alien like. <laughs> wow. If you understand what I mean. Mm-hmm, I it do. Was like, I do. There wasn't a key on the piano that I don't think I could reach. 88 keys. Mm. Honestly. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, it was like totally effortless mm-hmm. and um i used to hear frankie lyman i learned from from from, from little anthony and imperial he's great people uh uh dion warwick Bert Bacharach. uh uh and I'm, I'm i'm like 11 and 12 13 years old 14 15 and i'm watching my brother they were singing do what my older brothers they were Mm-hmm. Wilbert was two years younger than me, okay? And uh, I put him in the group as well. And uh, I put uh, Randy in the group. Randy's father was an attorney, mm-hmm. and uh, they were really a nice, lovely family. And Randy wanted to hang with the guys, you know? And he mm-hmm. didn't really have to hang with the guys, but he did. And so him and I became real good friends, me, Randy Donald, and, um, and Richie Daniel. And that's uh, how the group, really formed and then when Richie went his way, Randy went his way, then it, so my brother said, you got to learn how to sing. Wow. Okay, you got to learn how to sing this baritone note. <laughs> I said, it's going to be a brother. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm going to make sure that that happens. It's going to keep it in the family. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let me ask you, if taking what you know now, all the years, what you know now about the business, back to when you started, everything that you mentioned, would you do anything differently? Yes, I would. A whole lot. I really, 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 really would. Because, you see, I always have to go to the first beginning. When I first met Stan Watson, it was at 40th in Lancaster in Philadelphia, inside of a barber shop where at whom I worked, which I would always carry my guitar down there and just, and just play and stuff. And I was always creating like that. Mm-hmm. So this guy, Stan Watson, said, you know, you can sing. I want to introduce you to somebody. And this is the truth. I hope this is all taken down like this, because in case I do a movie, this, this is exactly <laughs> what happened. We'll chronicle it for you, sir. Yeah. I'm in there cutting his hair, and I'm singing, and blah, 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 blah. And I meet Stan Watson, who was a young uh, entrepreneur. You know, he had his own, he had a record store on 152nd and Market Street. And he and he was a friendly person, human being. And he, he said, you know what? I want to introduce you to somebody. So the next time I come, I'm going to take you. 
So I was ready, you know, I had my guitar. Dan Watson takes me to Tom Bell, hmm. who was working at uh, Cameo Parkway in Philadelphia on Broad Street. That is where 309 is today. Uh, 309 uh, Gambling Huff. Mm-hmm. That's the same building, but it was called Cameo Parkway then. They had a subsidiary label in which Stan, we put one of his songs on their label, which was Moonshot Records. Okay, this is the very beginning. Moonshot, the first label I ever came out on. Mm-hmm. He Don't Really Love You. And there was a song on the other side called I Don't Want to Be Alone Anymore. Um, this is the beginning. Uh, okay, now what? Uh, I wouldn't change any of that because, in fact, I couldn't change it because it was already programmed by God for me to guess be that particular person, mm-hmm. meet these particular people in order for me to create a record label called Philly Groove Records. Mm-hmm. I say I created the label because a label is no good without a record. Yeah. True enough. So in my little head, right, Mm -hmm. I'm creating a record company and I don't know it. The whole record company, the publishing aspect, the whole nine, because none of it's any good without a song, right? Mm -hmm. And this is what I've learned, and I hope a lot of young people are listening. This is what I've learned. A record company cannot exist without a song. So if you write a song that goes into the millions and the multi-millions, you should be taken care of for the rest of your life. You should no longer, you should be robbed by giant companies like Warner Brothers that have all kind of tricks and and uh, things in the contract that causes all these brilliant geniuses to have to do without after creating an everlasting legacy. Mm-hmm. See, when you create an everlasting legacy, man, you're supposed to be confiscated for that. And those who come behind you, you shouldn't have to worry because they're supposed to take care of you. And this is how God begins to bless people who are creative because you have the right thing in mind. You want to help people in need. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be famous just to have a fancy car and a fancy house. I want to be famous for helping poor people, Mm -hmm. which is a big job and which is a wonderful job. I want to help poor whites. I want to help poor blacks. I want to help the poor aspect of this entire world. So in my little heart, I'm telling you, mm-hmm. I used to shine shoes as a little boy, but I was always like a spiritual-minded kind of a child. Mm-hmm. And I remember at, um, I was going home one day from shining shoes because I would go in the bars and shine the guy's shoes. And this is how we would make our money and help our parents, you know, feed us along, but I was making more money, I think, than my father was. Wow, wow. Because I had a um, shoe shine box, mm-hmm. and I could go to work anytime I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I would even hook school so that my parents would have enough to feed us. Then I would carry orders, I would go down to the dock and help the guy. It was just a kind of a person. Right. Needless to say, but when I came back into the neighborhood, after doing my little chores and stuff, everybody's on the corner singing, you know, and doing this and doing that. I would come and just say, man, I can sing. I would start singing one of Frankie Lyman's songs, who was the greatest singer, I thought, uh, uh, of all time. Mm-hmm. Man, I was just blown away. And I, like I said, I was like, what, 11, 12 wow. years old. Mm-hmm. And so, again, so, okay, no, I wouldn't change any of that. What I would change is, 
when Stan Watson and Tom Bell got involved with me, I would have asked them, where do I fit in? How much do you get? Let's just say we make $1. How much do I get out the dollar? I never asked that question. Wow. They took the dollars and did what they wanted. <clears throat> they put Stan Watson, he put up a publishing company called um, Nickel Shoe. Tom Bell put up a, a publishing company called Bellboy. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, they had this little genius writer in the middle, William Hart, right? Wow. And so they were they were fighting over my publishing. And they should have told me I needed a publishing company. And we just do it three ways and it would go, go cool, right? Mm-hmm. And then even though with my songs... It established Philly Groove and it established Nickel Shoe Publishing. Hmm. And then with my song, Tom Bell arranged it. So he put his name down as a writer. I'm Hmm. telling it like it is Mm -hmm. so that the world will know. So that's where he comes in. Hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. but the but the little guy in the middle that created the whole scenario was a little guy named William Hart. Wow, he wrote a song called "He Don't Really Love You." You remember that song? Mm-hmm. And and then I wrote "You've Been Untrue," mm-hmm. uh, but I think Cameo they 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 folded it, and and then I was forced to go with Stan Watson's label, which was Philly Groove. Mm, okay, where and. I never, you know, never received anything from that company. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, not even my publishing money for my, my. Um, they took all the publishing, and they still control my publishing today. Wow. Uh, 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 which I think uh, legally, somewhere down the line, I'll get straightened out. But I'm just telling all the young people today, a publishing company is like a basket, and what you have to do is put all your songs in your basket. You can't put your apples in my basket. In other words, if we're out picking apples and you got a basket and I got a basket, but you're stupid enough to take and put your apples in my basket, hmm. well, which I control my basket. So that means I control your songs and the apples that you put in there. Mm-hmm. If that's just say you and I found a young writer, you got a publishing company, I got a publishing company. He's writing the songs and we're splitting it up. His songs in our publishing company and we're not giving him anything, but half of his writers. That, that's extremely, extremely ugly in the eyesight of God. Mm-hmm. So I don't worry because I know things that are not godly are not going to really succeed. And I won't worry. And I believe that God will find a way because he yeah. hooked me up with the Wu-Tang again. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm, I'm so delighted to be with them guys in uh, 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 36 Chambers. Wow. Which I think is is, is is a great idea for um, because I got so many ideas. I'm just waiting for them to come off their tour, mm-hmm. and we're supposed to go go to work. Now know, let me let me make sure the people, just in case they didn't they didn't hear what you said. You said Wu Tang, Wu Tang Clan. So yes, amazingly, I'm, I'm, I'm old school. They call me old school. <laughs> I'm, I'm old school. Amazing. But, and, and I did that song uh, after the smoke is clear. Delphonics and Wu Tang still here mm-hmm. on a Ghostface's album called Iron Man. <laughs> I wrote that hook and sang it. Wow. And so uh, uh, they're they're a great family. I love the way they work. They're very fair and honest with me. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. They look out for me. You know, so that I don't have to get uh, ripped off anymore. Yeah. You know, the first uh, uh, situation that 
you know, that I'm in that I feel very comfortable with because I, I know I know I'm not getting ripped off because they don't have to rip nobody off. They're very well off. They mm-hmm. can they can only help. You that see? Is, that is that is and, amazing. And and, I, and, I, and they desire to help and and, and, and um God will continue to bless them to be successful. Mm-hmm. Their music is, is, is absolutely clean and and getting better and better and better. And Tiana Taylor, she really sang for the love I give to you. I mean, uh, didn't she? I thought I thought that the lyrics that they added to it was perfect. Were you were, were you song. consulted on the on the on that on that project? No. What happens is when the song comes out, it's already registered. Mm-hmm. It's re- it's registered online before it's even uh, 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 sampled. Uh, who did what and who? Uh, I I wrote the song and uh, it's in BMI Sound Scan, of course. And then, of course, company that I'm with. I want to give a shout out to my great lawyer Mustafa and a great shout out to the great RZA. Definitely Wu Tang and my man Mathematics <laughs> and the whole Thirty Nine Chambers. I, I haven't met everybody yet. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how um, they move around so much. You know what I mean? Yeah, I just yeah. love how organized they are. And I love an organized situation because as a little boy, I was always trying to organize people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when I see it, <clears throat> I admire it. Yeah. Well, I, I admire how, you know, Delphonics, um, another group I'll mention, like the Dramatics, how yeah. new culture has, especially when you mentioned Wu-Tang. I remember yeah. when Snoop did it. They reached yeah. back and, and honor the classic artist and, and really hold you guys up. Um, and, yeah, especially you know, the Fugees. Remember the Fugees? Oh, absolutely. Kids on the block? Yes, absolutely. But but let me, before we go forward, I want to ask you one thing, and, and I'm dying to ask you this. When you look okay. at the competition back then was amazing. When you look at who you guys were up against, well, I wouldn't say up against because the, You're it, right. it, but it had to be, I guess, maybe a little friendly competition. But let me mention a couple of groups' names and tell me how it was back then competitively or how you guys related to them. The stylistics. Stylistics. No contest. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, The shy lights. No contest. (laughs) Did you know them? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, They hear me do this. Blue magic. No contest. (laughs) I don't make it a little bit. See if I can make it just a little bit tougher. The Dells, huh? Uh oh, he's gone. Uh, <laughs> he got yeah, it. <laughs> uh, well, yes and no. Yes, yes. Okay. Yes, because I respect them. They came before me. Mm-hmm. They set their own trend. Okay. You understand? Absolutely. They, uh, they were, they were trendsetters like the Delphonics. All those groups you named mm-hmm. are trying to imitate the Delphonics. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. What about the, what but, about the dramatics? The Almost in the same. I hesitated because mm-hmm. I don't know them trying to sound like nobody but the Dell. Yes. Good point. Good point. That's who I call professional. What about the dramatics? Uh, dramatics. I don't know a group that try that they trying to sound like. I love them too. Uh, the spinners. Love them too. Um, Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes. Love them too. Yeah, good groups. Well, well, you you mentioned Tom Bell and and of course that situation you you documented I don't that like, well. Yeah, great. No, but you you mentioned. The, let me say this, uh, and this is just somebody who grew up listening to the sound. Um, 
the music that came out of the bell camp was amazing. I mean, it set a standard. The songs I just played, the, how lush the production is, how big yeah. the songs are. Um, and, and you hear, uh, you mentioned Backrack and David and some of the other producers. Yeah. You know, I, I personally feel a lot of those guys like Bell don't always get as producers the credit they should. It's just okay, as pro- well, on the right. producer Let me explain side. something to you that, that the world don't know. Okay. Okay. Each and every one of those songs, I was there on the production. Mm. I brought I brought the French horns to the situation with the Dolphini. Wow. Tom Bell was an arranger. Mm-hmm. I'm just telling you the truth. Yes. Okay? Mm-hmm. See, you can only get what you deserve in this world. Mm-hmm. And he arranged beautifully. And he listened beautifully. Mm-hmm. But all of that luster that you're hearing is not just Tom Bell. That's what? William Hart and Tom Bell. Okay. You, do you remember Leon Mitchell? No, I don't. It, give me give me some insight into Leon Mitchell. He was one of the greatest arrangers in Philadelphia. Wow. Okay. Tom Bell and I had to go to Frank Virtue Studio where he was the A&R person. Mm-hmm. And he had to show Tom Bell how to lay strings down. I didn't know how to lay them down. But everywhere we went, we went on the production of the Delphonics. Step by step, and Tom Bell knows that. If he, if he, if you would talk to Tom Bell, I'm sure he would tell you the same thing. Mm-hmm. He didn't write them songs. William Hart wrote those songs. Got it. <laughs> and William Hart had a hell of a lot to do with the production. Mm-hmm. Okay, because I was there on every move, <laughs> but I got no credit. I didn't even get credit for publishing of my own songs. Oh, wow. They took, they took uh, Tom Bell and Nickel Shoe took the publishing. See, the world needs to know the truth to me. And you're talking to the right guy, right, when you talk to me on that on that particular issue. Mm-hmm. Because no, uh, no one can say it's a lie, mm-hmm. including Tom Bell, Dan Watson, or anybody that's listening. Mm-hmm. You understand? Yeah, absolutely. So I know to tell young people to be sure that they own their publishing credit because that's what the buzzes and the thieves are taking. And some of these people that you think are great producers and great uh, writers, they're thieves, okay? And, and it's a shame because somebody has to tell the story, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, and anytime you would take a young man's money uh, and knowingly that you're doing it, okay, that means you're still from his grandchildren, you're still from his children, and and that's the type of mind that you have. And then you get credit for this great producer as though no one helped produce that stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you ask Tom, where did the French horns come from? The French horns came from William Hart. Where did you get the French horn idea, William Hart? You got the French horn idea from watching those biblical movies. Well, me and a friend of mine, they heard me. We used to hear, um, remember Barabbas, you would hear his horn go, and they would be coming. I would hear that. So when I began to create, I heard those sounds in my head, okay? Got mm-hmm. no credit for even the production. Wow. So I'm letting the world know who William Hart is. Well, He's not just a singer. Well, you mentioned you mentioned your ideas too on the production side, and you just mentioned 
the the intro to did not blow your mind and how you, how, how you came up with that. What about and this is this is something else I wanted to ask you about the the, uh, the sample that the, the younger generation would know from Missy Elliott. Sock it to me that. Dun, oh, dun, yeah. dun, 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 dun. Where did you how did you how did you come up with that? <laughs> I was going to the studio one day, right? Tom Bell was waiting for me upstairs at the studio. So I am coming and I'm walking, please. I had to walk there. You know, we didn't have enough money. I walked there and I walked there. And, I, and then when I got to the uh, uh, studio, well, it wasn't the studio. It was a place where we rehearsed, right? Mm-hmm. And I said, ready or not, here I come. <laughs> I'm running up the steps, you know, because we spent a lot of time. Then I said, yo, wait a minute. That's a hit. Mm-hmm. Ready or not, here I come. Wow. Oh, man. I, then when I ran upstairs, I, 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 I didn't know too much about the piano, but I knew to do. Then I was going, ready or not, here I come. But Tommy put the part. Which, you know, and then it was a hit. Wow. You understand? Absolutely. And that is the truth. Mm. We were working on 52nd and Spruce. See, I'm taking it all the way back to the actual beginning where Tommy Bell and myself would have to go from his house mm-hmm. where his mom's crib where she had a little piano. Mm-hmm. My mom had a little piano. So he lived up there on 60th Street somewhere. I live uh, right, right across the street from Overbrook High School. And I lived um, on Media Street, down the street from Shoemaker High School. Wow. My mom had a piano, which is really a beautiful story. But people need to know the truth because the people that got ripped off hearing all these uh, 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 people get people get false accolades, and they, once they get a chance to express and tell, they should tell the story. Gotcha. You know, sure. the Dells, they, Dells, they got ripped off in a way. Mm-hmm. But they they got to tell a story. Mm-hmm. They got to tell a story. The whole idea is to get your song, or for me to get your your songs in my publishing company. If I get your songs in my publishing company, then I control your song. You don't own your song. Well, well, let's let's come forward. Let's come forward a minute as we're talking about that. You've already talked about how well the Wu Tang Clan is working with you, and that's good to hear. Um, but but yeah. when you right at the beginning of, of the hip hop era or not necessarily the beginning, but when sampling really started to take off, um, ready or not, of course, was sampled uh, with the Fugees. Um, you had Missy Elliott in Socket to Me uh, with Ready or yeah, Not. As well. I love the way she did that. Oh, amazing song. And then you, you wasn't that banging. Oh, I enjoyed it. And I love the video she did on it. It made the song. It made the song. Uh, and then you it talk about Walk Right Up to the Sun, which Nas yes. used and If I Rule the World, Nas and Lauren Hill. Um, has has the sampling helped you or hurt you? And, and do you still no, encourage it? No, actually, no. You, you got to understand. The 70s, uh, the late 60s, throughout the 70s, in early 80s was the time of the Dauphin. That particular nostalgia, which means when we were young, vibrant, and, and hotter than everybody, and everybody's trying to imitate Dauphinics, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 
you know they had to find a guy that almost sound like William Hart. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 so okay, the seventies was is over. Mm-hmm. So now we got to go uh, forward. Now I would like to reap the benefits from the seventies, but they got me so tied up here. Mm-hmm that I totally had forgot about worrying about uh, my father used to say, don't cry over spilt milk, okay? He said, just pick yourself up, dust yourself off, start all over again. You know you've been ripped off, but you understand the business now. So you get new artists, you write new songs. In fact, you should be able to write better if you're a writer because you had more experience, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. I'm th- you know, when I talk, I like to talk to the people that are listening, really, uh, especially the artists, mm-hmm. you know, to protect yourself because there's people that want your values, man, and they'll smile and tell you you're great and send you out on the road. And, and, um, and always remember, and uh, this is for, for the young men who are in music, to just remember the first three letters to that particular piece of paper they give you call a contract <laughs> is con C O N. And you oh. have to always remember that. And mm. you have to ask yourself why are the words so f- small? Mm. And why do they why is it a need to even do that? Why can't we all make our fair share of money that we put in the situation. Why should there be a piece of paper conning me out of my, conning my grandkids out of their money? It, it's just awful. I think it should be a law against it. I think all the older artists mm-hmm. that um, compiled all these billions for these big companies uh, for for their them and their grand their offspring to be uh, in poverty should be against the law. It actually should be, but I guess eventually one day the world will get better, you know, because I, you know, it seems like the world right now is rocking and reeling from from uh, things going this way and things going that way instead of taking it, taking it easy mm-hmm. and let everybody have a bite of the apple. Well, well you've been you know a, you're, I mean? yeah, you're a performer. Um, you're still writing and you've written, mm-hmm. you, you composed, uh, you're a businessman, uh, you're running your own company. Um, yeah. and, and you've given some advice to younger artists, uh, writers, of course, uh, you know, people who are music business professionals. Um, are you excited about where music is headed, especially with the digital age streaming? Um, um. I'm not excited at all, you know, because I like uh, music should be from the heart. Music should be warm. You know, this is why back in the day we used real violinists. We used real drums. We used real uh, everything because everybody, after learning the song, they had a feeling that they put in it. Mm-hmm. These instruments today that's on the machine don't have feeling. You understand? So it's a difference between an inst- uh, a human being mm-hmm. playing that instrument and that instrument being locked in a certain way on a machine. Mm-hmm. And, and you have, you're forced to deal with it and say, okay, well, I'll take it. Mm-hmm. But, but back in the day, the singers had to sing 
uh, a line that was no tricks to the voice. Uh, uh, you had your, your real bass player, real guitar, real strings, real horns, real flutes, real everything. I mean, it's not beautiful to shine like music is. It's not mm-hmm. beautiful yeah. uh, stylistic music is. Yes. So look how beautiful uh, um, Jerry Butler's music with, with Gamble and Huff mm-hmm. uh, uh, and, and the Spinners. The mm-hmm. music was all done with lies, lies, people, no machines. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, nowadays, okay, we have to get used to dealing with the machines. And the young kids got, once they show uh, uh, the profound writers, I, I would say the profound writers, meaning the writers that wrote those big hits, like, you know, like Never Gonna Give You Up mm-hmm. yeah. by Jerry Butler and, mm-hmm. and My Girl by The Temptations. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, What's that song uh, by McFadden and White Hills? I think is one of the greatest songs in the world. Not the uh, Ain't No Stopping Us, right? Um, ain't No Stopping Us now. I think it's a great song. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't mention one of my songs, but I don't pat myself on the back. I got you. Or, or were you uh, influenced? I, did you have any Motown influence? Um, oh, man, I, I used to love the Pips. Mm-hmm. I still love the Pips. Mm-hmm. I, I'm telling you that I'm telling you that their stage presence is is the reason that Dolph Finders is so smooth. Wow. I I learned all that I could possibly learn from them because I watched them everywhere. I was in the audience. They probably didn't even know it. <laughs> I said, now I see Gladys Knight there, but I see three guys. Mm-hmm. So I knew it was only um, Randy and Wilbur. I said, well, okay. And me, mm-hmm. right? I'm this singing machine. I'll be in the middle. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And it all worked. Wow. I said, but we got to have that particular stage presence, that Broadway look, that sophisticated look. You can't go. Uh, see, one thing I've learned by watching them, they would always have like tuxedos and bow ties, and, and they were just so smooth as they glided across the stage, mm-hmm. you know. Like uh, um, well, uh, Ginger Rogers and what's the other guy named Fred Astaire? Fred Astaire. Wow. Let me tell you something. That's <laughs> dancing. Okay. What's that now? That is that is really dancing. Yes. You have to practice. You have to get it right. You just can't jump up there and do a whole bunch of junk mm-hmm. stuff with sneaks on, and you know, and expect it to be class. No, class. Mm-hmm in music is like uh, a Rolls Royce against a Chevrolet. Wow. Uh, what else can I say? Uh, yeah. Well, well, well you, you, you talk, you talk about because Gamble and Huff, the whole Philly sound was built on exactly what you're talking about. It was lush. Yeah, we used the whole strings. orchestra. All, oh, yeah. all of the, all of the artists basically, mm-hmm. We didn't have machines back then. The only thing that was, that was a machine was the Metrodon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> that would get you in tune. You tick, 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 tick. And I knew it was going somewhere then. I said, wait a minute, this thing going tick, tick, and it's perfect. <laughs> mm-hmm. I said, wait a minute, pretty soon the drummer's going to be out of business, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because you can use the Metrodon and be in perfect tempo. Mm-hmm. Well, when, when you when you talk about how, how plush and lush string field 
orchestrated versus in the 70s, you had George Clinton, maybe an edgier sound. How did you look at or compare what you were doing uh, to to what, what else was going on in that era? Oh, oh you, you, you know, um, remember George Clinton, remember Newburgh? Oh, George mm-hmm, Clinton absolutely. also was a part of the parliament. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I learned that George Clinton was getting into the funk thing. But, you know, I admired him, although he did both. He did the smooth singing, and then he did the funk thing. Mm-hmm. He did the group thing, but I think he liked the funk thing better, and he, and he excelled in that. Because mm-hmm. he did doo-wop. Um, he did doo-wop in, in the early days and transition yeah, from doo-wop. They were the parliament. Mm-hmm. Remember? Absolutely. Yeah. And um, we did shows with them, and and I, I admired the groups that um, had their own sound. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, uh, I, 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 I love, there was no competition. Mm-hmm. You know, there was no competition, even on stage. The people would make this competition, and then the people that was putting on the shows began to understand that people wanted it like a, a war, the battle of the groups. Remember that? Mm-hmm, absolutely. Yeah, battle of the bands, and, battle of the groups. Uh, yeah. The Delphonics against the Shylights. <laughs> Shylights against the Shylights. Well, you know, cool. Mm-hmm. You know, but it, it, it's all about, uh, 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 about promoting the show. Mm-hmm. And the people, uh, in their minds, they would like to see. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of times, man, it would draw a lot of people. I can't lie. It draw a lot of people. Hmm. They like controversy. Right, right. You know? Well, well. let me, let me ask you about this. You guys were sure. pretty close to the Jacksons. Um, as a matter of fact, um, the Jacksons redid or covered your songs um, on a few of their albums. And um, they were the cartoon. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you um, not. how how what memories do you have of of working with the Jacksons? Did you did you do much with the group with the Jackson Five? When I came in the Chicago area, which I did a lot of work in Chicago, Joe Jackson, may he rest in peace, would bring him to every one of my shows. Hmm. Would you show my son or get my son a shot on these shows? And it reminded me of myself. I said, this guy's going right to the source. So we were starring this show. And I would say, I would let them go on first in front of me. And they would do their little thing. Saying they two songs, two or three songs. Because it was big shows. Wilson Pickett. Wow. You know, we were starring. So I'd give them two songs or three songs. We worked at the Howard, at the Regal, um, and every time we would come in that area, we would stay at the Roberts Hotel, that's in Chicago, and um, I would meet them, and, and Joe, uh, I, you know, Joe was a fan himself, mm-hmm. and I saw them again in California, and working with them, showing them the harmonies on Can You Remember the song mm-hmm. I wrote, Can You Remember When We Were Children? You know, so much goes on. I remember um, 
one time I think that we were doing the Capitol Theater. Back then, we couldn't afford hotels. And we had an RV. <laughs> wow. and, uh, and we let them um, change and hang out in our RV. Wow. Okay. And I remember Michael being so gracious by saying, uh, wow, man, this is, this is really nice of you to do this. I said, son, let me tell you something, a little guy, you know. Mm-hmm. I said, one day I might need you, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. I hope you're there for me like I'm here for you. Wow. You know, and this is the way the world should be. You know, he's a little guy. Mm-hmm. I said, it should be a giving world. It shouldn't be a world where we allow poverty to exist. I used to talk to him like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and once we see poverty, we immediately stamp it out, just like we would patch up a hole in our roof, I would tell him. He said, wow, you know, that is so nice, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And uh, uh, Tito and them, Tito uh, and uh, what's his other name? Um, we had uh, Jermaine. Jermaine, Jackie. Marlon. Mm-hmm. It was a girl there at one time. Uh, if, if it's a sister, well, not Janet, but. Um, yes. Well, yes. Okay, Janet. It was a girl okay. there. Mm-hmm. It was a girl there because she stayed. I don't know whether she was taking care of the clothes or their clothes or whatever. Something happened to it. Mm-hmm. But um, that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a story that happened in my life. I'm glad I'm telling it now because it has to be told. You got it down on tape. You know, in a movie, because we're getting ready to do some movies with, with the Rizzi, you know. Yeah, uh, Delphonic, he's going to do the Delphonic story. Well, you mentioned, um, you know, I mentioned the Jacksons. Um, Earth, Wind, and Fire opened up for you as well. Um, you remember yeah. any stories about how that how that occurred and how that went? Well, you, guess what? We didn't even get a chance to meet them. Mm, because wow. by the time they opened up and did their show, they were in their vans and off to the next show. Mm-hmm going in a different direction to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was, we, we we only met each other kind of like backstage mm-hmm. on these shows. But as far as really knowing the person, you know, the only person I know was my brother and Randy. Mm-hmm. And because we all grew up together. Okay. So you can't, you can't answer the question, um, who's got the higher range, you or Philip? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I don't know. Uh, back then, yeah. uh, I wasn't even trying to go as high as I could go. I think he went as high as he was. was that was a part of his show mm-hmm. to to go as high as he could go. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, I based it my um, singing qualities on the beauty of my voice. Right. I could scream to to no existence. Possibly you could bust up <laughs> you could bust a vein. Absolutely. Something. Well you know the accident, the physical thing. <laughs> you're a professional, you know how far to take it. So so you you're you're also talking about um what's ahead for for you. Um what is what what's the next step? I mean you're talking about your label um, are you yeah. producing artists? Yeah. You've my, got music. My, my next step, my next step 
is emerging 100% with 36 chambers, Wu-Tang Clan, and bring my operation, and we're going to join forces, and we're going to go from there. Now, Rizzer has his own label. We have a whole lot of ideas. Can you imagine one of those so-called, because I don't call them hip-hop group. I call them a, a, a classic. I really call them a classic uh, legends. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I, so Wu-Tang Wu -Tang is almost a media empire. When you, because right. <laughs> you know, they do movies, know, they do, you know, they do, uh, you know, cartoons, animation. I mean, they're, you know, they they take. I it just as, really can't wait. I just I just got into the mix mm -hmm. in January. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. And um, I can't wait to really get into the mix into the uh, if I'm allowed to to come in and share my ideas. I got some fantastic ideas for movies and songs and things. So, the guy they bring in a, a board is a real thinking person. So, I got some strong thinking, beautiful ideas, you know, and uh, I think they're going to love it. Excellent. They're going to love it. How, how can people connect with you? Um, I know you've, you've got your website. Um, how, how can oh, people connect you know, with you? You know, you got to go to Lala means I love you dot com. You see, mm -hmm. it's all it is. Lala means I love you dot com. Okay. And right when the site opens up, it tells you shop Lala Records, and you will see a whole list of different artists that I have and different songs that I got on the Delphonics that the world has never heard yet. It's all over the world, but a lot of people don't know about my site. La La means I love you. Dot com. So please go on, listen to the song. I even have the songs on there in full blown, so you can totally listen to them. Any one that you want. Hmm, okay. And uh, enjoy yourself. I have. I'm an artist. Some of my artwork is on there. Uh, you might be amazed at some of my artwork because I've been painting for forever. I don't know. Like to talk my age. I, I, was almost, <laughs> I haven't asked. I almost did it. <laughs> almost did it. I said, uh, mm. "I've been painting for uh, forever." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, William Pooji Hart. Uh, it has been an honor to have you on the podcast. Uh, I want to also oh, shout out um, and, and thank your wife, Pamela, for helping to set this up. And and that's amazing. You've got family connected to, to the company, what you're doing going forward. And uh, that's, you know, I admire you for doing that. Um, continue what you're doing. I can't wait to see yeah. what you come up with, with Wu, with Wu-Tang yeah, Clan. Man. That's going to be amazing. And yeah. um, I'm going to make sure that the website is on our podcast page. And um, please make sure you continue to update us. And, and I know you will uh, through your folks. Uh, so as things develop, we'll be on top of what's going on. Yeah. 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 And, and, and don't forget the name of my record label is La La Records. Excellent. We and will. don't forget the name of the uh, website. La La means. I love you dot com. 
the entire title, ILoveYou.com. Yep. And how, how do you do all that and you're still out there touring? I'm, I'm curious. How do I write these songs? And you're like still you? touring. You're still on the road. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. In fact, I'm about to go out again. Wow. Uh, but um, I do it on the road. I write on the road. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I get an idea. I just hum it into the phone. When I get home, I put it on the board and it just keeps on rolling. I, I wrote a, oh my goodness, I wrote a beautiful song I think the world needs to hear, but I can't wait to, uh, I got to get with um, with my main man, Mathematics, over there from the Woo, and and and, and, and so we can um, start, you know, creating something. I, I got a beautiful idea, uh, and um, you'll see. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. It's all what the world needs. It's clean. It's not throwing arrows at anybody. Uh, it's what the world needs. The mm. world's in need of love. Mm. And, and, and you know, before you go, no, okay. I think that the cancer, the cancer to the problems in our world is simply misunderstanding. We have to learn to agree. If we find ourselves disagreeing, we have to find an avenue that forces us to agree with one another. Hmm. You know, mm-hmm. because disagreement has been causing Tyler's on a collision course, hmm. you know, and we're rocking the boat, you know. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, they have boats going to go over in the water, right? Right, absolutely. You got to calm everybody down. Oh, whoa, 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 take it easy. Mm-hmm. Take it easy here. You know, we are breathing the same air. It's possible that could be the religion of God. Hmm. And we're all breathing the same air that connects us all. So let's just calm down here for a minute. And um, everybody get their share of air, including the ants, the birds, and everything else. Good point. Oh, man, I can go on and on. (laughs) On that note, you know, that is, uh, that's wisdom that we need to share. And I'm glad you're sharing it with the world, sir. Mr. Hart, again, thank you so much for being on the You Need to Know podcast. Take care. Love it. God bless you. Thanks for listening to the You Need to Know podcast. Take the time to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Podbean, and TuneIn Radio. Find out more by going to castropolis.net. That's C-A-S-T-R-O-P-O-L-I-S dot net. Thank you for your support.